From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Yes, it's that time again. It's that time, of course, to listen to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. And again, uh, the number one co-host in the world is not with us. That's Fan Man. But the show will go on. It's, uh, as always, it's a beautiful day here in the Valley. I would imagine that people think they're listening to a uh, pre-recorded show. But this is live. This is live on the World Wide Web as we know it. But uh, this is Internet Radio at its best. We can talk to you anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Give us a call at the toll-free number, 866-472-5788. Again, a toll-free number. You can reach us at 866-472-5788. Boy, there's a lot of things we want to talk about today. And we're going to have a special guest with us. Uh, a special guest is a person who uh, actually is uh, very important to Internet radio and to broadcasters and to podcasters and uh, a sports fan. And uh, that person is going to be uh, Larry Jenkins. And uh, Larry's going to be with us, uh, hopefully. And I think Larry could possibly already be on the line. He's ready to go already. Larry, are you there? I am, I am here, Ray. Hey, how you doing there, man? I am awesome. How about yourself? Well, it's uh, it's a great day here in the Valley, man, and it's good to speak with you. And I, I know you're out there on the East Coast, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I'm here in the suburbs of uh, Washington, D.C., in Potomac, Maryland, although home for me and uh, will always be home is, is Philadelphia. So I'm a, I'm a Philly boy uh, down in D.C. Oh, boy, that's great. Uh, listen, uh, how's the weather out there? Well, if you like rain and you like cool temperatures as opposed to, like, the 108 degrees that I think you have, <laughs> uh, you'll love Washington, D.C. right now. I played in a golf event yesterday, and I walked out uh, to get in the car, and, you know, I'm wearing shorts, and I was freezing my butt off. It was, like, 52 degrees in the morning, and uh, it's not exactly uh, global warming, I don't think. Well, Larry, I will tell you, you're right. We had a record day of temperatures yesterday. I, it certainly was in the triple digits, and I think we're going to be reaching that again today. But you mentioned yesterday that you were out in a golf event. Was that, by chance, a charity event? It, it certainly was. Tell me a little bit about that. Who are you guys raising money for out there? <laughs> what well, was for Hospice Caring, and uh, it's, a, it's a great organization who provides... Um, hospice services, not so much for the uh, the people going through it, but but the, the the kids who survive and need therapy and counseling to deal with uh, grief and uh, uh, very good organization. I think that uh, like twenty or twenty five thousand dollars was raised for them, and uh, I even uh, finished second. So uh, I even had a good day on the course. Well, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, uh, let me ask you this. Okay, uh, how many mulligans you take? Well, I bought five mulligans, <laughs> right? So that cost me another twenty bucks. Okay, but uh, and and they did no good for me either. Is that right? So, yeah, but you know, uh, uh, we we finished. Um, we we uh, finished as a team at eight under, 
and uh, that was good for second place money. So, uh, well, I'll tell you a, what, a, a respectable show. Well, that that that's great, Larry. We really appreciate people like yourself and and all those other uh, great people that was out there with you who have uh, found themselves in a position to have some disposable uh, income and willing to share uh, to help other people out, particularly those people that are in need. So that, that was really a good thing you're doing. But listen, you're, you're doing some other good things. We're going to talk some, some football here pretty soon, but uh, you're doing some other good things. Tell me a little bit about, uh, about your business venture, and I, I'm, I'm sure that's uh, something everybody wants to talk about because, after all, even though we are Internet radio and it's a live webcast, you can go get this on demand, and it's in the form of a podcast as well. As well. That is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Tell us a little bit about your business, Larry. Well, a year ago, we launched uh, the first magazine for the industry called Blogger and Podcaster. And um, it was uh, a surprise to me when I found out, being uh, an old publishing guy, that there was no magazine for this industry. And... Uh, you know, and you know this because you know you're you're involved with it day in and day out. But this this industry we have, you know, between blogs and podcasts, and, and we include in that internet radio and you know all of the things that relate to streaming media. There's over 112 million people worldwide who've got their own blogs or podcasts, and there is no trade magazine for it. So we launched Blogger and Podcaster, which anybody who's interested in this can get a free subscription to our electronic edition uh, online. You just go to bloggerandpodcaster.com, spell out the word and. Um, but what we've started to do, you know, we realize that, you know, the big challenge that many um, podcasters have and bloggers have is the need to be able to earn a full-time living. And most of them are not doing this full-time. They work a day job, and they're just passionate about sports or technology or politics, and, you know, that's what they, you know, produce content on. Well, to help them to be able to earn a full-time living, what we've done is we've partnered with USA Today, and now it's gone well beyond the USA Today to literally dozens of other publications, and we've put together the Blogger and Podcaster Guide, which is the the TV guide for blogs and podcasts to the mainstream audience. So you can check it out if you go to thebpguide.com, or um, if you want to register and get your blogger podcast in, uh, listed in, in there, you can go to bloggerandpodcaster.com forward slash register. And listen to this, right? We worked it out, and the USA Today has been such fantastic supporters of First Amendment rights, and now it translates into supporting us with this venture, that you can promote your content in this guide for $5 a month. And you wait, reach wait, over say that again? Wait, 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 wait. That almost sounds like impossible for how much in the USA Today? It's $5 a month for 10.4 million of the USA Today. Well, let, let, let me backtrack. It was originally 50 bucks a month. Okay. And what we found is that we had we probably had about a thousand people who signed up, but we were losing about twenty five percent every time it came for people to renew. And mm-hmm. just because you know they were paying us more than you know their, their cable bill, even though it was a great value for the USA Today, it was you know it's a, a daunting thing for for most people who were you know really just doing this as a side venture. Yeah, and that cable and, that, that that cable content was not their their self published content; it was somebody else's content. That that's right. That's right. And so what we've done is we've we convinced them and said, listen, if we can lower the bar 
uh, of entry to eliminate price for almost anybody, I think what we're going to get is hundreds of thousands of people who will be able to participate. And look, the USA Today is looking to find ways that they can generate new revenue streams because all print publishers are seeing print advertising decline. So a couple weeks ago, they gave us the blessing to reduce the price to $5 per month. People can cancel any time if it's not working for them. And in addition, they gave us the blessing to go out and strike deals with other media partners. So we have these blogger and podcaster guides right now for about 18 different media partners. It's the same $5 per month for everything included. And I'm talking to many different companies you know, that range from L.A. Times to Forbes to Fast Company to uh, McClatchy Tribune to be able to bring in literally hundreds of other publishing partners so that we can promote bloggers and podcasters. And so that's, you know, that's what we're working on, trying to do something good for the industry. I think it'll be good business for us. Uh, and down the line, what we're going to try to do is bring the bloggers and podcasters and ours. So we help them first to increase their audience, and then second, we'll give them uh, advertising that we can put on their their blogs and podcasts, and then share revenues with them. So, well, Larry, how about since you since you gave us that little shameless plug, uh, is there a yeah. chance you can put Rail of Sports in in that blogger and podcaster directory? You, you think I can get a, a little ad, just a little blip in there? You think you can add me to that? Well, let me see. You went. To, let me let me think about this. I am happy <laughs> to do that for any Penn State grad. You where did you go to school? Oh, again? okay. Now wait, wait. I thought we had agreed that we wouldn't hit below the belt, but you, okay. Now the <laughs> The gloves are off. The gloves are off. Okay, listen, I'm going to hold off on that play? little bit. Did you bit. play Division One football? Wait, oh, gosh, man. Listen, okay, let me ask you a question. Since you turned the tide on me real fast, is, is, is your coach trying to – I hope he's not trying. Oh, God, forgive me for that. Okay, just tell me. Give me an update on Joe Paul. What's happening with him back there? Well, Joe Paul, those of us in the uh, Nittany Lion uh, alumni, he uh, had You're a little devastated. I know you guys were devastated. The other day. Um, I actually found out about this. I was watching um, uh, ESPN on the little ticker that goes across the bottom. It said, you know, Joe Paterno admitted to the hospital. Fortunately, it wasn't anything bad. He, I heard uh, from a friend that he, the next day, he was out of the hospital. He went down to um, uh, attend an event for Texas coach Mac Brown the next night. So Jopa is fine. He is uh uh, ready to uh, bring us a national championship next year. That's not going to happen. Listen, I, what I want to know is, come on. <laughs> now, now, listen, I know you guys are very competitive out there in, in, in the Nittany Valley, or what do you guys call that area? Uh, Happy Valley? What Happy do you call Valley. it? Happy, Happy Valley. Happy Valley, yeah. okay, okay. But listen, come on. At some point in time, I mean, uh, the same thing happened to Coach Hayes, you know, to Woody Hayes, of course, the greatest coach that ever coached college football, to Bo Schemblecker. <laughs> To, to, uh, to Bear Bryant, and I can't, you know, but Bo was a product of Ohio State, so I could, you know, mention his name. But listen, the Lou Holtz and all these guys, come on. It was their life, too. But you guys want to get back into at least trying to compete for a national championship. But I just really don't believe it's going to happen as long as he stays there. I mean, is there any chance that you after this happening? him? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Come on. Come on. I mean, well, I don't care I mean, what, what we... Because of recruiting or because of coaching? Well, uh, well, I, I think just after a while. I mean, it's like anything we do. I mean, I think we're both maybe 10 years older than we were, you know, 10 years ago. And it's, it's, right. it's one of those things where it's like, wow, if I knew what I knew now, if I knew it 10 years ago, you know, I'd be in a different position in my life, in all aspects of my life. 
Well, Joe's finding out some things now, and I think he's forgetting the things that he's finding out now and forgot that he forgot them 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's just passed him by. I mean, truly, I think it is hurting the program. A legend, a legend can still affect the program from an administrative position and doesn't necessarily have to be a coach because I'd like to see Joe Paul go out on a good note. And the last few years, I just don't think the team has been as competitive as competitive as it could be, provided if he would have stepped down and let somebody else come in. Well, you, you have even a lot, you know, uh, a lot of alumni who uh, two years ago were saying the same things. I mean, he, uh, look, it's like criticizing God. I mean, he is such a legend. And that's what you guys no think. You guys think he's God, but he's not. He almost died the other day. You know, I, come on, man. <laughs> we got to get <laughs> him out of there. He's not now, good. For you, you know to, what? For you to actually mention Woody Hayes and Joe Paterno in the same breath is heresy. You know, <laughs> it, 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 this is, uh, uh, it's like apples and tuna fish. You can't oh, do it. I, I can't mean, listen. If we're going to go oh. to Ohio State, wait, didn't Woody Hayes, wasn't he the one who uh, uh, put Arch Schleister on a, on a pedestal? Do I have that right? Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Now. I will agree. He's a that, great gambler, though. Listen, I would agree. Well, that was a great gamble. What he took on art, <laughs> but I would agree. I would agree that that was a far stretch in terms of what art did off the field. But I got music now, which means I got to take a break. But we're going to finish that on the other side of this break. You hang in right there with me, Larry. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network, and we'll be right back after these messages. We don't cheat. You guys cheat. We don't cheat at Ohio State. At the fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. Shot. Got it! With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't 
care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Well, that's the way I like it. I like that music like that. It gives me a little bit more energy, particularly when I'm talking about something that's very depressing. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network, and I got a Penn State guy on the line. I, I can't believe that, you know, I've lowered my standards. You know, at first we were talking about the school up north, and now we're talking about a school that's blue and white. I mean, how boring can... Larry, are you still there with me? I, I am here, <laughs> and uh, look, if, if God wasn't a Nittany Lion fan... The sky wouldn't be blue and white. Right? Man, I've heard okay. that so many no times. Doubt. But it's it's gray in Pennsylvania right now. It's gray in, in, in <laughs> D.C. on the East Coast. It's it's a bad day. But let me ask you, I believe you guys. Didn't you guys have a linebacker that went in the first round this year? Not the first. Dan Connor went to the Carolina Panthers in the third round, I believe. That was a joke. That was uh, a joke. I know, see, because he was projected to be this great linebacker that was going to come out and he was going to be a first-round pick. And, you know, I, I don't want to bang, I don't want to, you know, bust his balloon or anything like that because he's still got a chance. But, listen, I got someone on the line for me. We have a East Coast correspondent who just does great with us in terms of giving us some insight of what's happening on the East Coast with the Eagles. His name is Jeff Mosher, and Jeff is going to join us. And Jeff's going to give us a little bit of insight as to why he dropped. Hey, Jeff, you there? Hey, I'm here. Jeff, get, get, help our, our good friend Larry Jerkin out and, and, and tell us uh, why, uh, you know, the great linebacker from Penn State dropped from what was projected to be perhaps maybe, you know, a first-round pick at the, and maybe one of the first linebackers to go to, to I think it was, what, the third round? Third round. Yeah, third round okay. Carolina, yeah. Okay, Jeff, can you tell him what happened to this great football player coming out of Penn State University? <laughs> Boy, Ray, you almost say that dripping with sarcasm as <laughs> Ohio State Buckeye. I'm wondering about your sincerity here. <laughs> uh, well, he's in the Big Ten. Uh, it's, another big, it's, it, it's a Big Ten product, so we're, we're happy. But, but, Jeff, what happened? Did you hear? Do you know any inside scoop on what happened? Why did he drop so, you know, so yeah, far down? Ray, uh, you know, from football people, the, what you hear mostly is that um, they don't believe he's athletic enough uh, for today's linebacker. They're a little bit afraid about how he does. In pass coverage, they think he's a run, are great against the run, but just uh, they worry about uh, the adjustments he can make covering passes uh, in the NFL. And, and I think that they question the, the, Penn, the defensive system that Penn State runs as far as asking their, <coughs> excuse me, as far as asking their linebackers to do a lot of pass coverage, you know, on the tight ends and running back out of the backfield. See, athlete, he's suffering from a lack of athletic ability. And, I, you know, I don't know if uh, some of – I've talked to this with a lot of guys. You know, if you look at a bunch of Penn State – Penn State defense over the last, you know, eight, ten years has been really good. But if you look at guys who have gone into the NFL from Penn State defense and been high picks, certainly there, there's been a lot of miss, more misses uh, than hits. And you're talking about maybe Courtney Brown, who was the number one pick for the Browns at defensive end uh, – um, you're talking about Michael Haynes, who was a, a first-round pick for the, the Bears at defensive end. There was Jimmy Kennedy, a defensive tackle for the Rams, another first-rounder who didn't really pan out. A lot of cornerbacks, uh, they don't play a press coverage uh, defense, so a lot of these cornerbacks... Uh, hey, Larry, are you they, listening to all this stuff, right? You hear this. It's not me, it's Jeff. Go ahead, can continue, Jeff. Well, I'm just <laughs> wait, saying, wait a second, it there, sounds like a the scouting report on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I, I, I put I, my I, seven I years... I just, that's just from talking to some people about maybe some of the misses have caused 
people to look differently about players from Penn State's defense. And see the kind of you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What? Okay, Jeff. I, what I was going to tell Larry, see, the kind of athletes that, that we at The Ohio State University are able to produce, and we're able mm-hmm. to adapt to the game at the next level, so we have the athletic ability that we can go from being a corner oh, right, and become right. a strong safety. Wait, Ray, there, uh. <laughs> Wait a second, Ray. I thought you said this was a sports show, not a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Jeff, finish giving us that, because I, I, I want to I be sincere about my comments about, you know, Penn State University, because <laughs> it, it is a great university. I mean, you're going to get a great education, you know, and, and they do have a a pretty good football team, but you know they got to pick some things up. But 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 that's for the listeners out there too. I mean, this is again coming from somebody who has an unbiased opinion. This is a man who covers pro football, who is on the lookout for great athletes, and particularly in the Philadelphia area, because of the, if you got a great athlete right there in the Philadelphia area, which I don't know why we couldn't have waited uh, a, a year, you know, to go after Matt Ryan as opposed to taking the guy we took, you know, last year and making Donovan and everybody else scratch their head. But anyway, you know, Matt's going down to Atlanta, and that's a whole other story. But go ahead, Jeff, finish telling us about, again, the lack of athletic ability of those athletes at you can't okay. put words in my mouth. I did not say that there was a. Lo- I didn't say I believe that there was a lack of athletic ability. I happen to think Dan Connor is going to be a very good NFL player. I think Paul Puzlovsky will be a very good NFL player, and Justin King. I just, I'm just saying that the 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 past uh, ten years or so, some of the better defensive players to come out of Penn State have not yet excelled in the league. And, okay, so Larry, will you agree? Is that true or not true? Yeah, all right, that's fine. But, okay. uh, you know, let's look at many other universities that have, you Well, know, you're right. You, you know that. Ohio you, State, what, what, what are we going to talk about? The the next coming of uh, uh, of Emmett Smith, Maurice Claret. How did, how did he end up? I forget. I, maybe I should do an interview. How many, years ago was, how many years ago was Maurice Claret? We don't even remember. I don't even remember that. That was so long ago. We, we've had a, uh, man, a couple. we've been in another national championship game since that. We didn't win. But we've been there. You know, you got to go to the dance at least to get a dance. But listen, I got another call on. You hold there, Larry. You too, Jeff. Uh-huh. Hey, Jake, are you still with us? I'm here. I'm here. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually uh, down here in Atlanta, where uh, the Boston College quarterback is heading. But that's that's another story. No, no, no. That's a good story. No, that's no, a... that's. I'm I'm actually I'm with you. I wanna I wanna just bring up. I'm with you with the Ohio State thing because I remember. Um, when you were at Ohio State, you actually played Penn State twice, and both games were pretty dominant. Uh, it's just <laughs> that, as I recall, it was Penn State, I think, that was the dominant team. And you know what my pun- you, hey, do you know what my punishment was for that? Penn State in '78 at Ohio State. In 1980, which was, was that your senior year? Hey, hey Jake, the, who, let, who let Jake through on this call? Penn State. <laughs> Well, Jake, I'm going to admit you're right. And my punishment, you know what my punishment was for that, for that loss, that last loss against Penn State University, was I had to live the rest of my adult life in the valley. So I am here now living in the hot (laughs) desert valley because I lost to Penn State here in the Fiesta Bowl. Beg your pardon? You're right. Fiesta's out there. You have, yeah. to, you have to deal with it forever. That's exactly right. That's what happened. You know, you, you lose, so you got to stay here. You can't go home. You know, the NBA says, you know, lose, you go home. Well, here, ah, no. Nah. 
you lose, you stay here. But, but, but Jake, okay, if you're a Penn State guy, tell me what's happening with the program. I mean, really, guys, come on now. You, well, you, I, actually, I, you know, I, I think Larry, Larry and I will submit that the, the lately part of the program isn't what we have hoped it would be. But I, 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 getting off point just for a second, and actually I'll concede that I'm not crazy about this guy, but since you're, since you're there... Um, why did in the world did the Cardinals take Morelli as a free agent? And I'm asking that as a Penn State guy who watched him all season and can't, I, for the life of me, I can't believe that he's a pro prospect. Uh, you know, I, I, I really can't, I can't answer that question. I'm, I'm as perplexed as you are. I really, I can, I really I can, can't. I can answer that. I think, I think Arizona did what a lot of teams will do. They'll just give a guy who has tremendous arm and maybe think that they can coach him the right way and, and maybe kind of find a diamond in the rough in that regard. I mean, there's no doubt that Anthony Morelli probably had the, one of the top three strongest arms in the draft. Now, everything about him as a quarterback left a lot to be desired, but you can certainly argue that everything about the way Penn State coaches quarterbacks leaves a lot to be desired. It's very rare that a quarterback goes to Penn State and comes out better. So well, perhaps the Arizona Cardinals felt with the right type of coaching and harnessing his athletic ability in his arm, they could get something out of him that Penn State couldn't. Jeff, I think I think you're uh, you're you're right about the arm strength. You're right about the quarterbacks coach uh, Jay Paterno. I, there aren't many of us left who uh, mm-hmm. who think that he should be in that position anyway. Well, Jake, how long is it? How Jake? To, you think it? I'm sorry. I just Jake, wondered if you guys think it speaks to the fact that there are so few great quarterbacks these days coming out of of high schools and colleges well you know uh jeff jeff can talk about this a little bit because we've actually had this conversation on our show before and you know because anytime you got to have a senior citizen you know come into the league out of retirement in order to facilitate the need for a quarterback there is uh, without a doubt, something that's going wrong at the early intervention, that the coaches, there must be something that they used to teach years ago that they're not teaching now. They've kind of gotten away from it. And, and I don't know what it is, but you just don't see the same quarterbacks with the same ability that you saw. And, I, and I, it's not because I played during that generation, but certainly, you know, in, in the 80s, there, there were great quarterbacks, you know, and even until, you know, maybe the early 90s. But, but we're having problems finding good quarterbacks now. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Ray. I mean, you look at that 1983 draft that at least produced, I think, what was it, seven first-round quarterbacks, and maybe they all didn't turn out to be Hall of Famers, but many of them had at least solid careers in the NFL, and, and you're right. Nowadays, a good draft has two or three, uh, you know, top first-round quarterbacks, and, and you're lucky if one or two of them become Pro Bowlers. And uh, there's something about the position, Ray. I don't know if it's uh, – we've talked about how – the spread offense has changed. A lot of teams are going to a spread offense, which really doesn't bring out the best in, that, in a quarterback's arm and his, and his you know, quarterback IQ and more of his athletic ability. But um, it's just that things are cyclical, I think. Don't you? Well, I, I have no idea. I want to know how Gus Farratt ends up playing in the National Football League 15 years. Well, well you know what? Even he's just a birdie, even he, he, still. Well, Coming out of retirement, like Ray mentioned. But I think, I, I, but Vinny, I, I did think Vinny was a good quarterback. I, I, I thought oh, Vinny was a, played, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. big, strong guy. Gus, uh, I think Gus maybe had a good, strong wrist. You know, he could hold that that you know that pad real good on the sidelines and take <laughs> real good notes. I, I, I don't know, but you're but you're right. That does speak to again the talent of the quarterback. And Jeff, maybe you can answer this. I believe what's happening now is you're getting guys that are bigger, stronger, and faster. 
and perhaps maybe a guy who could have been a quarterback. And Chris Carter mentioned this on the show one time. That he was a quarterback. I was a quarterback in high school, and they move you to different positions. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know why they did Because a lot of times, if you got your quarterback, you don't want to stand the risk of him getting hurt because now you don't have somebody to replace him. Guys, whatever that music comes on, we've got to interrupt the show. We've got to take a commercial break. So we're going to do that right now. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, we'll be right back after this message plays. Yes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Die, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Die, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports okay i'm not going to show you guys my rap skills i'm going to wait till another show to do that when you listen to rail sports on the voice america network i, I want to say something as, as we went to break there uh, we, we were making some comments on, on the quarterback position. And, and one thing, guys, that I wanted to say, and I'm sure everybody's still there with me, and I hope all you listeners are out there as well, is that the quarterback position, it used to be, when I was a kid, and a little bit after that, that the quarterback was the most athletic kid on the football field. And not to say that I was, so let's just get beyond that. But that, that person also was like the Michael Jordan of basketball, and he wanted the football in his hands at all times and you wanted to have it in his hands because that person could run he could throw he could make things happen he was a tough kid he probably played defense now i bring that up because here's a kid of which you know i don't know why penn state university let him get out of pennsylvania but matt ryan this was a kid that i think the first time he played football 
he, he was a tight end. He played defensive end. I think he, he also played fullback. He was a baseball player. He was a basketball player. And he eventually became a quarterback. Now, this is a man who has played several positions, who is a very skilled athlete, and is probably going to be a pretty good quarterback. I think what's happening nowadays, when we, I talked about the early intervention and those people who are actually developing these athletes, I think they're taking them, they're not letting them play multiple sports. They're just putting them into one position. The guy's probably played the same position his whole life, and he doesn't, ha he hadn't had a chance to develop all of his athletic skills and his agility and all that. And I think that's why that position is kind of deteriorating. Anybody want, any of you guys want to comment on that? Am I by myself? Well, I'm, I'm here, Ray, and I was going to let somebody else talk, but I, I would have to agree with you. I think we could spend an entire day talking about the specialization of the, of the athlete, the young athlete now. You're talking about not even high school, Pop Warner level, uh, Little League level, where you used to be encouraged to play so many different sports and uh, play different positions, and, and now you're kind of, kind of uh, pigeonholed into once you're good at one thing, they want you to do that one thing and practice that one thing, and I think it kind of takes the all-around leadership nature of an athlete away from him or her when they get pigeonholed into just doing one particular thing, and I think that kind of you can see that all throughout the grassroots level of, of youth sports in America, and that, that probably is what is, uh, you know, kind of specializing the, the, the talent pool out there. Are, are they cheating us? I mean, you, you look at um, the monster child, LeBron James, who was a football player in high school. You know, are, are they cheating us now when they're making these kids become one-sport athletes? I think not just cheating us, Ray. I think even cheating the athlete because, like I, I was saying, if you play different positions, if you play different sports, um, if you make yourself more well-rounded, I think you'll learn a lot as far as teamwork, leadership. I mean, you can learn a lot of different things from a lot of different sports. Um, but just by limiting yourself to one thing and focusing on one sport or one position, you're, you're confining yourself. And I think that that translate as it translates and carries as you mature and grow older that you've only done one thing and and not a bunch of things and and you lack maybe some of the refined uh leadership or, or even athletic uh skills that others might have hey hey larry you still with us yeah i'm here yeah larry i i i, I re i'm not sure if you remember but i remember there was a great quarterback i mean a great quarterback who, who who's a hall of famer now who was coming out of college i mean coming out of high school and, uh, and wanted to go to a certain university, but somebody wanted, to play, wanted him to play linebacker. I mean, he was a, he was a great athlete. And, and I, think that, I, think, I think that was Jim Kelly, maybe, and I think maybe he was thinking about Penn State. But they, do, you, do you remember that stuff, Larry? I, I'm sure it was academics why he had to go to Maryland instead <laughs> of Penn State. I'm sure your memory is a little foggy, Ray. Um, but, but he was a good athlete, you know, I, you know? He, he was he a good was sure he was a great athlete. I mean, and, and obviously, you know, when he, when, what Joe knew, uh, that obviously, uh, you know, the coach at Maryland and Norm Meyer, believe he understood, was that he just couldn't win the big game. And Joe had no interest <laughs> in going to a bowl game and finishing second, okay? He wanted to win the whole thing. But, but, but to your other point about specialization, I mean, I think that the issue here is really one in, in all of society. You know, if you look at any sport... As the sport, you know, Ray, when you were growing up playing in the backyard with Chuck Bednarik, I mean, I think that you guys Whoa. played on <laughs> What, did I that is, that is, Oh, man, that is really bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. All right, all right. But 
you know, where, where you had jack-of-all-trades, nobody was a specialist. And then as, as everything evolves, even in the business world today, right, we have specialists for job functions. And in baseball, you look at now the closer position. You look at middle-inning setup guys. And to think that, you know, as competitive as it is because of the, the lucrative salary structure uh, that, that, that is there for professional sports, Specialization is going to come in there as well. So, yes, maybe somebody sacrifices because they're playing uh, football and instead of you know basketball or golf where they could have been great as well. But that's the price that you have to pay because when everybody starts specializing, if you don't specialize, you're not going to be able to uh, achieve in anywhere. And I well, well, I kind of like... I kind of like this new medium we're involved in here, you know, whereas, you know, we can do a live webcast, then it's available for you on demand, yeah. then you can download it to an MP3 file, and you can take it and, and have access to it and listen to it anytime, anyplace, anywhere. So it, it, it seems like whenever there is an opportunity to have, uh, you know, multiple options, then that's probably to your advantage as opposed to, again, something that's specialized, and, unless you're a surgeon. I mean, okay, if, if, if you're a brain surgeon, I, you know, I wanna, I need, if I need a brain surgeon, I want a brain surgeon. But, you know, many times, you know, particularly when we're talking about sports, and sports is, you know, probably one of the greatest business models there ever was invented, with the exception of, and maybe Jeff can help us on this one, or maybe Jake, if he's still with it, he knows something about this. You know, the, the, the owners have decided that you know this collective bargain agreement they want to let it expire because it's it's not fair to them the revenue model is not working for them but yet and still you know people all over the country are building these stadiums for these owners and i haven't seen one fire sale of a team but yet and still they're in so much trouble but i, I don't see one fire sale you know so I, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you look at baseball, you look at basketball, sports seems to be doing pretty well. And I think that they would like to see these athletes, even though they, once you get into their, let's say you're in their league, with the exception of maybe a couple people in the history of sports, you're going to stay there. You're going to be a pro football player. You're going to be a pro baseball player, a pro basketball player. But, uh, hey, man, it's, uh, I, I just want to see the kids have fun. I want us to see the best athletes that are out there. I want the owners. I certainly don't want the owners to get into a situation now where they consider a strike. So I'm going to try to move over into that arena. Now I'm going to speak a little bit about that because, I mean, right now people can't afford to put a, 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 a tank of gas in at the gas station to fill up their tanks. And, and we're talking about billionaires and millionaires can't agree on a collective bargaining agreement because the revenue model of which all the fans are paying for anyway doesn't work anymore. Jeff, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, we all saw this coming. I mean, uh, listen, when the last CBA was negotiated, I think it was before the 06 season, <clears throat> there was a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it instability going on in the NFL, but there was a, a changing of the guard, uh, so to speak, with uh, Roger Dell coming in and Paul Tagliabue on the way out. Hey, Jeff, okay, okay, listen, I'm going to be fair to you, Jeff, but, but listen, even back to the time when I played, with the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Redskins, how many teams have been sold? How many teams have been sold? Yeah, have changed ownerships in terms of they had somebody sold the team. Well, I think the 49ers have been sold, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, t uh, the, yeah. Those guys for, went back to Youngstown, Ohio, so he, he's out. Yeah, right, but other I think the, I mean, the, Jerry Jones. But they were sold for a profit. They weren't. They were not sold because it wasn't a profit. I mean, the well, team. Nobody's, not hurt, nobody's hurting economically, Ray. Uh, it's the. 
it's the owners. It's, there's not even a strike. I mean, the, the players aren't striking. It's just that, like I was saying, that the last time the CBA was negotiated, there was, I believe the owners didn't really like it, but they felt it was necessary to sign it because there was a new commissioner coming in. They wanted football. Everything was good. So they kind of agreed to a deal that they didn't really love because they knew they could opt out of it in three years. What don't they love about it? Well, they don't love the fact that the players get, I think, what is 65% of the profits? Yeah, uh, uh, no, no. The players get fifty nine percent, and in Major League Baseball, in Major League Baseball, they get fifty seven percent of it. Right. You know. Right. You know, and I'm not saying I side with anybody. I'm just. I mean, that's basketball. I'm sorry, Jeff. This, uh, the owners have the option to do this, and they're exercising it. Yeah, I made a mistake. That it's basketball that they get fifty seven percent, and and in football they get fifty nine percent of it. But uh, but Larry, let me ask you, as as a fan, and Jacob, you're there. Please feel free to chime in. Uh, you know, as a fan and you listen to this type of stuff, does, do you have an opinion one way or the other about what the hell is going on, guys? We're out here. We're trying to struggle to make our businesses work. And, and, and everybody, don't get me wrong. We're all happy for the businessman to make a, a buck. But when it comes to this, sometimes it, the evil side of people shows up on the blogs, <laughs> of which I'm sure there's some nasty things out there being said because these guys are about to start fighting over billions of dollars, of which, again, if everybody turns off the TV and nobody goes to the games, they get absolutely nothing. Well, look, I mean, you, you take a different industry. You take Hollywood, and you can see how devastating the profits, uh, you know, for TV stations this year uh, are going to be because of the collective bargaining agreement that they were negotiating. And this is, you know, we can all love, you know, uh, watching our, our favorite sports, but at the end of the day, we have to remember that this is a business. The owners are trying to run the business so that they can be profitable for it, and the players have the product. And there is always, you know, back from the days of, you know, Norma Ray and the, and the, and the, the labor rising up and, and trying to collectively gather together because one-on-one, -on -one, they were no match for management, but as a group, they could be formidable, um, it's, it's the same thing. And so the owners are stupid, and the players need to band together to be able to drive the best bargain. I don't see why this is, you know, what's probably going to happen is that since both sides are, are smart and intelligent, you have a game of brinksmanship, they push each other as far as they can get, and then hopefully cooler heads will prevail and they won't get their egos stuck in this, and they'll, you know, walk away with a deal that will be better than they would have gotten if they didn't go to the 11th hour. But what is it? Econ 101, you know, supply and demand. And I think that, again, the bitterness of the fans sometimes could affect the, the demand for your product. You, you know, Absolutely. The, and, and so I think they need to be very careful. Uh, I think it needs to be a real quiet negotiations. And and I'm not sure, you know, when I when I when I talk to when I no, not when I talk because I haven't spoken to him, I haven't even met the man. But when I read the body language of Roger Goodell, it almost sends a message out that it's it's all the players again, you know. And I, maybe because well, I've been a PR, player. but that's the PR, right? So he wants this is part PR battle as well. And uh, let I don't think Roger Goodell will forget the lesson that Gary Bettman learned very severely. You know, the, the National Hockey League, after their strike, has still not come back, and I might argue uh, might never come back to the levels that it was at before that strike. And I think that this is all posturing, this is negotiations, and um, at the end of the day, he's going to make a deal that, you know, serves his owner's interests.
Yeah, but you're I, right. I, I Listen, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure I like his posture, but I'm going to have to talk about that on the other side of this commercial break. I appreciate you guys hanging here with us. Listen, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. we got to pay some bills. We're going to take a couple commercial breaks, and we'll be right back. Juice and gin in the city we bled. Amongst the hustle, cities and scams. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. That's right. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And uh, before we took that break, we started talking about a few things, and particularly about uh, supply and demand and, and football and owners and, and, and dumb mistakes but, and posturing. And, and I'm, I'm just curious uh, as to if, when Roger Goodell was hired, you know, if he was a hired gun, because I believe, uh, of course, everybody knew that the expiration of this CBA was approaching and and the owners were probably trying to you know as you said posture I believe you used that word Larry and and that's what 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 Roger Goodell was doing I, I wonder if him coming in and the reprimanding of all the players of which you know had a little scuffle with the law here and there was all a part of that uh, posturing to 
to make the players look bad and let the let the fans see you know these spoiled millionaires are doing this and they're tarnishing the image of the game and all that i wonder if that was a strategy as well you, you, am i stretching it too far there larry what do you think no why i mean in the negotiation you want to do everything that you can that is legal that will help you get the better outcome of the deal. So, you know, I don't know whether that's 100% true, but uh, I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand either. So do you... Explain to me, Ray, how the behavior, a clause in behavior would help be a bargaining tool in favor of the owners at the negotiating table? Wait, Jeff, say that again. Can I explain to you how it would or how it would not? Explain to me how, yeah, this would help the owners in their negotiations when we're talking about breaking up dollars and... And who gets what of the profit? How? The well, if for me, here's how. Here's how it would be for me. Because again, you're you're talking about a brand, and you anytime you damage my brand, then you affect the profitability of my brand. So if if the way you act and conduct yourself off the field, in which you always represent my brand, and all of a sudden somebody doesn't want to be associated with that, people call in and say, "Listen, you know, I used to support the Eagles, I used to support the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. but now you got a kid down there, and I'm paying all this money, and my kid can't afford for this and that, and I'm going to the ball game, and I'm spending my last bucks, and this guy's making my money rain up out of." A, a strip club? Yeah, I'm not, I don't want my season tickets anymore. I'm done. Well, what what is to stop then the other side of the table saying, well, that's fine. If you don't want us in your brand of football, you can go ahead and bring in uh, 65 guys from Yale who will have a great GPA and all be biz- wonderful businessmen, but don't know how to throw a football five feet. Hey Jeff, now you know you you know you're now talking to the same guy who who said that. It's like I don't want choir boy. I told you guys. I don't know if you know Larry. Maybe you didn't hear this, and maybe the audience didn't hear this before. But I remember when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles, I had a problem because we had a middle linebacker that never got into a fight on the football field. Never. I don't ever want to go. I had a friend of mine, and excuse me, I don't military guys. Please don't take this the wrong way. But it, it was a friend of mine who actually been in battle. He said he never wanted to be in a foxhole with somebody had never been in a foxhole before. I never want to go play on in a football game with somebody who come on, somebody stepped on your toe at least in in 90 degree weather. Didn't they? Didn't that upset you? Didn't that piss you off? It's hot. It's sweat. It's dripping. I just don't want to go into a football game with somebody that can't get pissed off and get mad at somebody. So no, I don't want to play football at least not on the defensive side of the ball with choir. Boys, I, I mm-hmm. that's that's not the way, and I, I, I mean, that's what football is all about. Now, I don't want guys breaking the law, don't get me wrong, but football is a license to assault, and I guess the battery part goes along with it, and it's okay. Well, I want somebody who wants to do who, who, you know, where that law is legal, I want you to do that. That's the kind of guy I want on my football game, on my football team, you know, and yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't hit him in the back, but crack back blocking, all that kind of stuff, which pisses me off. As a strong safety, a wide receiver comes out and crack, and he cracks on me, and I don't see him. Okay, you should get your head on a swivel. You should look around. But I want that guy that when he gets that chance, he's going to take that shot. I, I don't want to play with those choir boys, but at the <laughs> same time, it's about discipline, and you have to be able to control. And I think I just lost control of my emotions just a second ago. But you, you, you have to be able to control your emotions. You know, it's all about you know, timing, you know, and I, and I talked about that. And so you, it's one of those things where you are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. High, and you've got to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And I think these, these, these again, these owners are great businessmen, and they hired, a, a, you know, a hired gun, and this guy came in, he started telling you all the bad things. I mean, do you guys remember that? Speaking of the USA Today, 
and I was you offended. Con- you have contempt for Roger Goodell, right? Uh, well, you know, again, he, it's them against us, you know. And but here's a guy that come in, and and I was offended as an athlete. And let's not we won't even go to the color thing, but I certainly was offended as an athlete where they had a picture of all those guys in the USA Today that had committed, a, you know, some type of misdemeanor, whatever it was. They, they had a problem that they had with the law, and they put all their pictures in the paper. Well, what about the fact that the Arizona Football Cardinals just gave a free football clinic this weekend, and all those kids that got to show up free, and all the guys that came there didn't get paid for doing it, to help those little kids out, to give them a lifetime experience. Why didn't you put their pictures in the paper? How come people but, don't but know how about that? how is that Roger Goodell's fault that, that these pictures appeared in the paper? That's the, the media. No, 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 no. Wait, I'm sure, first of all, I'm sure that Roger Goodell, if, you, if you're telling me that Roger had no knowledge of what was about to take place, what was happening, how they got the pictures, how they got well, the information. Let's say he knew. He doesn't have control over USA Today. Well, again, this is the media, and we're all part of this media. I'm glad you brought that up now because there's another issue that's about to go on here, and that is about content and the fact that these guys have, you know, control and a monopoly over their content. And, Larry, come in with me on this one here because, see, we want to be a part of those content creators who have access to certain amount of your content, of which you're, your content, of which you're limiting the amount of access that we have to it, which is, you know, stifling our growth and... I think they do have control over the media. What do you think, Larry? No, I, I, I don't think that that's Oh, the Larry, I mean, I come work, on. I, here's, here's why. I work inside of newsrooms, and, uh, and I know the USA Today very, very well. But what you have to understand, there's no grand conspiracy. These are all people, okay? And they have the same fears and frustrations and beliefs and outlooks on life that the general population does. And so... What happens? It is more sensationalistic to see somebody doing something wrong and publicizing that. Why do you think Tops is on you know, TV for its 25th season? I mean, it's because people like to watch a train wreck, and we think of that first before we seek out the good stories. And yes, is it uh, a shame? Sure. Is it, would it be compelling to have these good stories in there? Would it still make good editorial? Absolutely. But, but Larry, I'm going to switch on you because we're about to lose time here. We're about to, the show's going to be over in a second. But what about access to their content? What about the limiting amount of time that I, we're going to have? Well, look, that's a business decision, and the, and the players need to negotiate for that because every player should be able to become their own media outlet. You, they have this bully pulpit because of their celebrity that they could have their own blog, their own radio show, just like you do, their own TV show. And you know what? In two years, we're all going to have TVs that are not cable-ready, but they're Internet-ready. And, Ray, your show on video could be on any TV on my house, and all you need to do is market that show. So the players who have the ability to draw large audiences need to understand that that's where the technology is going, and they need to be able to fight for their rights so that they can own that content because they'll be able to make a lot of money from that. Hey, and with that being said, I agree with you 100%, and that's what Jeff and I have been doing. We've been having a lot of fun on this show for the past year, and Larry, we thank you for joining us. That's Larry Jerkin from blogcasterandpodcaster.com. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I guess I'm going to have to see you next week. I hate to say this, but as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. I'm about to go, and then you know, for me to say.